Hi, I'm Patty Scalzo, and along with the Church of Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut, we welcome you to this edition of Shi'ar Jeshub. Today, Pastor Greg Scalzo will be starting the next sermon in his Through the Bible series on Heavenly Authority. You can find information about our church at shiarjeshub.org, and you can view our weekly Sunday message on the Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle YouTube channel. Here's Pastor Greg. We'll return today to 1 Corinthians chapter 14 as we continue to look at the office of the prophet. And we have also discussed the gift of tongues, obviously, that both connected in this section uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. And really, this is an important section of Scripture because it provides us with information on the workings, really, of all the gifts and ministries given by the Holy Spirit. In this discussion of tongues and prophecies, we get insight actually into all the gifts and the ministries. Uh, the last two times we read in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 18, I thank my God I speak with tongues more than you all, Paul says. Yet in the church I would rather speak five words with my understanding, that I may teach others also, than 10,000 words in a tongue. And then he said, remember in verse 20, we studied this last time, Brethren, do not be children in understanding. However, in malice be babes, but in understanding be mature. In the law it is written, With men of other tongues and other lips I will speak to this people. And yet for all that they will not hear me, says the Lord. Therefore, tongues are for a sign, not to those who believe, but to unbelievers. But prophesying is not for unbelievers, but for those who believe. Therefore, if the whole church comes together in one place, and all speak with tongues, and there come in those who are uninformed or unbelievers, will they not say that you are out of your mind? But if all prophesy, and an unbeliever or an, an uninformed person comes in, he is convinced by all, he is convicted by all. Let me stop a minute there. We read that last time, and we discussed especially verse 21, uh, which is a quote from Isaiah chapter 28. Paul here in chapter 14 is clearly discussing the proper functioning of the gifts for an orderly assembling, the coming together of the church. I can't emphasize that enough. We've said that several times. Someone might say, well, is Paul quenching the spirit here with these instructions? Is he quenching the anointing? If the spirit's moving the people to speak in tongues, by putting down these restrictions, is he quenching the spirit? And my answer to that is not so. Actually, it's just the opposite. Paul is showing the way here, as we read on in chapter 14, he's showing the way, he's opening the way 
for the full work, the total work of the Holy Spirit to be accomplished in the assembly, not just part of the work, the complete work. And someone might say, but what about the fervor? What about the passion, the zeal? Uh, by Paul introducing self-control, isn't he stifling the flow uh, and the movement of the Holy Spirit? Uh, and I preached over and over again, especially when we were talking about the seven churches, how believers in Jesus are called to be zealous and be on fire and zealous in God's truth. But zeal for the truth means the whole truth of God, not just part of it. Zeal for the truth means our feet firmly grounded on the entire word of God. Otherwise, what are we doing? If we're zealous for only a part of the truth, if we're zealous for only a part of the truth, then, my friends, we're not being zealous, fervent, eager for God's whole truth. Paul is showing them here how to be rightly balanced in the truth. The gifts of the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Holy Spirit are truth. How are we to be balanced in that truth? And notice I'm saying balanced in the truth. You know, sometimes we have a hard time. We can be tangled, caught up in ideas and concepts without the discerning power of the Holy Spirit. And we get caught up in words and ideas and not the spiritual meaning that the Holy Spirit wants to show us. Balanced in the truth does not mean to moderate the truth. Sometimes there's a confusion about that. Moderating the truth happens all too often as the church seeks to find itself accepted or to please the world or to not seem extreme. And somebody could say, well, isn't balancing in the truth just another way of saying you're tempering, you're diluting, you're moderating the truth? Maybe um, to understand what I mean about being balanced in the truth, picture if you're on a, on a plateau and there's a precipice, you're at the edge of this precipice and you're looking down at this deep gulf, this chasm, and far across the way is the place you should be. That's where you need to get to. That's the place you should be. That's the promised land. And the plateau stretches out for miles. And crossing over that chasm to get to where you should be is obviously symbolic of life getting across. How do you get across something that seems impossible to cross? And the only way across, if you look for miles in either direction, there's only one way. God has placed a beam, a strong, firm, tightly secured beam, unmovable, of significant girth that goes from your side over the gulf to where you should be. And it's sufficiently wide enough to easily cross over if you walk straight, if your feet just walk side by side. And that beam is the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It'll get us from where we are to where we should be. And it's the only way. There is only one beam. There is only one way. There is nothing else anywhere. Now, as you're about to cross, someone in the world might call out and say, I think the right way to cross, the correct way to cross this gulf is over here a mile away. There's nothing there. 
moderating the truth would be to say, well, you know what we'll do? We'll go halfway. We won't go the full mile over there and try to cross. We'll go half a mile and try to cross. Well, you go half a mile and try to cross, what's, what's going to happen? You're going to fall into the, the chasm. You're going to sink. There's no compromising with the truth. If you even compromise a tenth, say, look, I'm not going to go like the world goes. I'll only go a tenth of the way to them. I'll go a tenth of a mile. You're still going to fall. You cannot compromise. You cannot moderate. You cannot dilute the truth. The gospel is the truth. The results are disastrous. Whenever we try to compromise with the world, we fall into the gulf, the pit, like the rest of the world. But if you stay on that beam and you look straight across to Jesus Christ and you fix your eyes on him, it's as though his arms reach out and form a wall on both sides that there's not even the fear of the gulf on the left or the gulf on the right. We can just walk through your feet side by side. Now that beam of the gospel is significant. It's easy and simple to cross over it's the grace, the truth of God for us. But at the same time, it has substance to it. It's a substantial beam. The Bible is substantial. It's intricate. It's an intricate beam. It's able to hold us up in all situations. It's simple to cross, but it's complex to analyze. Just as the beam of the cross itself speaks of the simplicity of salvation, and it's very easy to be saved, and yet it also speaks of the cosmic complexities of the mind of God, that everything in all creation is set aright at that cross, and only God can fully comprehend it. It's a significant, substantial beam. And as a Christian begins to cross to where we should be, if we begin to focus too intently on one side of the beam, if we tend to lean if we tend to veer, now we're on the truth, and though it is the truth, if we neglect and we don't walk solidly on the whole beam, what's going to happen? We're going to lose our balance, right? This is being balanced in the truth as opposed to moderating the truth. You can't moderate it, but you're supposed to be balanced in it. And we can slip and fall, and we're holding on to the beam, we're clinging to the beam, and by the grace of God, obviously, the Lord can pull us up, just like Peter sinks in the water, and he pulls him up. He says, save me, Lord. And what is the tendency? If we veered to the left, and now we're clinging over here because we lost our balance, what does the guy behind us tend to do? He tends to veer to the right, right? Because he sees us going this way, and he can lose his balance and cling on the other way. And if you have an image of these people that have veered a little bit, clinging on both sides, you have, my friends, really the history of the Christian church. Being in the truth, but not being balanced in the truth, and going one extreme or the other, and not being able to walk just straight ahead to Jesus Christ. Some in the church history have thrown themselves completely off the beam, but many are just clinging. And when you cling to the beam, you're clinging to the truth, but you're not walking, right? You're not going where you should go. There's a difference between clinging and walking. Matter of fact, if you're peaceful enough and balanced enough and powerful enough, we're going to be talking as we go into the section about controlled power. 
tremendous creative power that's controlled. If you have the spirit controlling you and you're balanced in the spirit and you're not looking to the left, you're not veering left or right, you're not on today's fad clinging on the edge, you're walking. As a matter of fact, you could be so balanced that you could begin to run on that beam and not falter. And that's what Paul's trying to do with them here. He's trying to give them the proper perspective on a truth. These gifts are true. He never says anything here that they're not true. He says, I speak in tongues more than any of you. But now how do you stay balanced? And here he's speaking in a very specific instance in the assembly. Well, the assembly is important. Why? The church comes together. We gather together to be fortified, to be edified, which we know means to be built up, right? Made strong. You're building a house. And we also can use the church service to do what? To bring others in that we've been witnessing to, that they might be convicted, convinced, and come to the Lord and be saved. So there's a purpose to the assembly that goes beyond just individuality. And how, when you gather together, how are you balanced what perspective do you need to have to walk on that beam, to, to walk balanced in the truth? We are live streaming the Sunday morning message at 10.30 a.m. on the Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle YouTube channel. And we leave the messages up on the channel for a library that can be accessed 24-7. You can search YouTube to get to the channel or use the link we have placed on the www.shiarjashub.org website. Join Pastor Greg Scalzo next time on Shi'ar Jashub.